Right, so yesterday we talked about the fact that um, the, there were three kitot, there were three different groups of people who came to the Beis HaMikdash to bring their korban Pesach. Um, <coughs> and today we're focused in, on the Samachel, on the third group. Um, and the Gemara says, Tanahi nikret kat atzlanit. That was called the lazy group. The, 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 the people who only come to davening later on, they're the lazy group. You see, there's the first cat, there's the second cat, and, there's, uh, and the third cat are called the atzlanit. Ask the Gemara, but what, what could they do? You need to have three groups. We're told that that's the halacha. You have to have three groups. It's not that the third group just happened to be. You really only have to have two groups. You need three groups. If you need three groups, somebody has to be in the third group. Why call them levy? Why call them lazy? Says the Gemara, It's an incredibly important principle the Gemara teaches us. Yes, you need a third group, but nobody said you have to be in the third group. You could have been in the second group. You could have been in the first group. That's your choice. The halacha says you need three groups. But which group you choose to be in, that's your group. Kedetanya Rebbe Yomer. As we have a brisa of Rebbe, who says, Iev Shalolam, famous brisa, Iev Shalolam below Bosem Uvelo Bursi, Ashrei Mishi Umanoto Bosem. Um, uh, the Gomorrah says, happy is, uh, the world needs perfume makers and the world needs leather workers. But you're lucky if your profession is, is making perfume, it's better that way. And you need boys and you need girls in the world. This is an interesting thing, which we'll spend a few minutes on. Um, Happy is the man whose children are boys, and oy, who's got, somebody who's only got girls. <laughs> Says the Gemara. So we'll have, we'll have a look at that. There are two things that I want to that I want to start a pause on here. The one is this kat atzlanit links together. Interestingly, this lazy group of people, the the people in the third group, um, links together with what we learned yesterday. What did we say yesterday about the third group that Halal Net never got as far as Ahavti Kishma. Um, and, and it's interesting, there's the, um, I've quoted him before, certainly in the Thursday night here, the, the Reishis Chochma. The Reishis Chochma was part of the Kabbalists' Tzfat group. So this is 16th century Tzfat, when Tzfat was at its, at its height. It was, this, it was at its height commercially. It was a wealthy town, as well as being a town of, of Limud Torah. Not just Kabbalah, of course, the, the, the Shulchan Aruch was completed in Tzfat. Rabbi Yosef Kara was in Tzfat. There was a, there was a lot there. Uh, Rabbi Shlomo Alkabetz was from the, um, the Gerushe Sfarad. He was one of the people who, who was expelled from Spain and worked his way across. Uh, started learning Kabbalah on his way and he met Rabbi Yosef Kara on his way as well and realized that the place to, to really understand Kabbalah is in Israel and so he came to Israel and he settled in Tzfat. And his Talmud was Rabbi Yosef Kara. He taught Kabbalah to Rabbi Yosef Kara, to the Mechavah Meshuchamor. And his, another one important Talmud of his was Rabbi Moshe Kodavira. And Rabbi Moshe Kodavira's Talmud was the Reishis Chochmah uh, and the Arizal. So that's kind of the, the, the group. What's, what's interesting is, so from the Arizal came all the, the, the Kabbalah we kind of know about today. Uh, the Hasidic Kabbalah, all of that came from the Ari. 
who was only in Tzfat for less than two years. He died a very young man. He came from Egypt to Tzfat, and he only lived in Tzfat for two years. And all of that Kabbalah, uh, he never left no writing. His writing was really through one of his Talmidim, Reb Chaim Vital. Reb Chaim Vital wrote up all the shiurim of, of, uh, of, of uh, the Arizal, and that's what we have today. But Rav Moshe Kordavira's Kabbalah was, was, was a diff- was different Kabbalah. It was just much more um, first principle kind of Kabbalah and, and more closely aligned to Musa, to pre- the practical side. How do you take the Kabbalah and live a better life with it? That's, you see that in Rav Moshe Kordavira's work and you see that in uh, the Reish Chochmah's work. So the Reish Chochmah is a peer of the Arizal. He sometimes refers to him as Rebbe. Um, as his teacher, and sometimes, uh, but, but he was a, he was a peer. His his primary rebbe was Rav Moshe Kodavira. Um and so you see in Rav Moshe Kodavira and the Rishis Chochma, the Rishis Chochma blends Musa and Kabbalah in a very beautiful way. So his sefer is is a combination of Zohar and and Chazal taken from the Yalkut Shimoni. He uses that as his curator, as his curate, body of curated Chazal. He uses the the Yalkut Shimoni. And it's Chazal from the Yalkut Shimoni as well as the um, as Kabbalah from the Zohar, and he puts that together in a Musa sefer called Reishis Kochma. That's a sefer that every morning before you see me, or by the time you see see me, I've already done some Reishis Kochma every morning. That's how important a sefer I consider it to be. And the Reishis Kochma talks about the link between Zrizut and Ahava, and he talks. It's a piece that I'm busy with at the moment, as it happens. So the piece that that Ahav, Ahava, the love of Hashem expresses itself in zrizut, in, in energy, in, in uh, what would be a good word for zrizut? Alacrity. Uh, it's uh, yeah, energy, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is probably the best word. So that with, with Ava, with the love of Hashem, comes enthusiasm. And enthusiasm gives vitality. Such an important idea, the energy of life, the life force, comes from living with enthusiasm. It's not the other way around. It's not a p- person, but the life force has enthusiasm. The Rashi's Chochmah says enthusiasm breeds a life force. Or a new word that I learned the other day in the title of a, of a book, a, 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 a livefulness, which is a lovely word, livefulness. There's be, being alive with fullness. That comes from Zrizut. But Zrizut can't be artificial. Zrizut comes from Ahava. So you've got this interesting channel of, of moving from a love of Hashem to Zrizut, to, to vitality, to chayut, to, to the, the, that life force within, within a human being. So it's not by chance that this lazy group, the third group, it's not that the group is lazy, it's your choice to be in that group means that you're lazy, uh, that you're an atzlan, and that, that, that they didn't get as far as ahavti ki Hashem ki yishma. Uh, that 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 mid of ahavo is something they never grasp because they didn't have the this result to, to grasp it. So Chazal look quite negatively at this particular group, and we see from here this idea: there are lots of things the world needs. It doesn't mean we have to be that person. And that, that was used, for example, in the in the whole argument that still rages today, but but more so in the earlier times of the, of the state of Israel, the question of, of B'nai Yeshiva going into the army or not, and one of the arguments is that we need an army. Of course we need an army. And if there was nobody else to go into the army, then I have to go into the army. There's no question about that. But if I'm not needed in the army, I don't have to choose to be in the army because the world needs an army. The world needs all sorts of things, and they're very important things. That doesn't mean that each individual doesn't make his own choice or her own choice as to where they do their Avodat Hashem. And, and we have that. It's used in the whole 
the whole question of the Rishonim bring it on on Para. Hashem said that if a nation will enslave Bnei Yisrael and etc. etc. So why is why is Para punished? Yes, a nation will do it, but it didn't have to be Egypt. The Mitzrayim chose to be to, they volunteered to be the nation. You don't have to volunteer for a job, even if the job has to be done. You can wait until you're called upon. So with the Katshlishi, the third group, you could wait if you get there and. And the Kohanim say, guys, we've got too many people in the first two. We've got nobody in the third section. Can we have some volunteers for the, for the third section? Then you go. But you don't have to volunteer. You don't have to be in the third section. That indicates a lack of atz, uh, that indicates an atzlanut, a certain lack of enthusiasm, which comes from a lack of ahava. And that's why they don't, they, the, the halal stopped before they even got there. And, the, um, and we talked yesterday about how they could stop in the middle of Hallel. This thing about the, uh, about the children, we can, we can learn it literally exactly as it says, which is, which is what it does say. And, and it's a strange truth because the fact is, look what happened in China with the one-child policy. Um, people's, people killed their children, their, their girls, so that they could have another go to have a son. They didn't kill sons to have a girl. There seems to be, for whatever reason, there seems to be an innate human desire uh, among many people, not everybody, to want to have sons. And if it's a choice of one or the other, they would rather have, if it was all sons, all daughters, they would rather have all sons and all daughters. Is it rational? No. Is it logical? No. It's also not logical that I shouldn't want to be the leather maker. Why not be the leather maker? The world needs leather makers. But, but those are the choices that, that people make. So that's the Gomorrah in its politically incorrect form. Uh, the Me'iri is very, very interesting because the Me'iri, in many places in Shastamiri is French, 14th century, um, so, and not, not with a Tosfist approach. He's not an analyst when it comes to the Gemara. He writes on the whole of Shas, but he's a Mefarish. He is more like, like Rashi in that sense. He explains the Gemara. But in explaining the Gemara, in some of those difficult sugyas where we have references to Goim and to other politically incorrect things uh, that are difficult to explain, the Me'iri says, for example, several times in Abu Zorah, in Sanhedrin, and other places, the Me'iri says, it's not talking about Goim in our days. The, the non-Jewish people in our days are, are, in, are civilized. They have a system of morality. They have a system of ethics. Um, and, and, and they have a civilization. It's talking about barbarians in the ancient times. When we talk about Goim and how to treat Goim, it's talking about barbarians from the ancient times. And now there's quite a difference of opinion. Is that really what he believed? Is that part of his worldview? Or did he do that because it was politically correct and he didn't want to be cancelled um, by, the, by the censors or by the cancel culture? So the um, Rav Cook quotes him several times and, and builds on that idea. And there are others. There's an interesting person I was reading about, Rabdoetzvi Hellman, who was responsible for a lot of the Frankel uh, Rambans that we have, a major researcher of Rishonim, um, who only died a few years ago in, in, in Eretz Yisrael. Um, and he holds that this is not the Meir Israel. Let me put that in so that the senses wouldn't, ob- wouldn't object to what's happening. I'm wondering whether from this piece of Gomorrah, there's an e- a Meiri, this, the same Bryce appears at the end of, of, of Kiddushin, and there the Meiri says, even though that's the simple translation, one can add. And then he goes on to add, It's talking about effeminate sons or masculine sons. 
The world, the world needs girls and it needs boys, but it doesn't need boys who are girls. And ha- happy is the person who has boys who are boys and not boys who are effeminate. That's how the Meiri actually explains it as an alternative. And you see another example from here where the Meiri makes the Gemara palatable and relevant and, and, and he modifies it a little bit. But here he brings both perushim. If it was just that he was afraid of political correctness, he wouldn't bring the first parish. He would say, this is what it means. But he doesn't. He says, the pshat is, ashemir, you know, people prefer to have boys than girls, for whatever reason. That's the pshat. But there's another possibility, and he gives an additional way of relating to this price, and I think that's the key of the Miri. It's not fear of the senses. I think one of the great things of the Miri is his ability to take Chazal and make it relevant to his time. And it helps us with our times, because he's somewhere between their time and our time. He's to be able to take Chazal and, and modify, not modify it, but adapt it, apply it, in a way that is relevant, in a way that is meaningful. And here we've got a, a good example of him doing so.